Good day, Mr. Barnes. How are you? Oh, that was a fantastic video montage. I, I think I might have to steal that. That, that, was, that was excellent. That's the yeah. best I have seen. Yeah, you can absolutely have it. Uh, I'll, I'll have them send it. We always try to do a little intro for uh, those who join us. And I'm really um, happy that uh, you're here to join us. And obviously, that your schedule worked out because, uh, you know, you might have got tied up in court. So uh, I thanks for joining. By the way, everyone who's watching live, to Robert Barnes, a constitutional lawyer. Uh, you may know him from Viva and Barnes. You may know him from various trial conversations. All of his links are in the description um, to his locals page, which is where he provides um, most of his like uh, exclusive content. Probably one of the your guys' locals community is insane. It's huge, and um, I'm always I'm always constantly looking at like, man, one day, one day I'm going to be like Barnes's locals community. It's it's huge. So there's that. Obviously, his Twitter's linked in there below. Um, Mr. Barnes, how are you? Uh, good. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, uh, you're good luck. Milwaukee's always been good luck. I lived there for several years. I uh, had a, a legal practice. It's still licensed in Wisconsin. Actually, have a case that we're just about to settle suing somebody on behalf of Megan Fox, one of the school boards there in Wisconsin. Oh, so I love the, it. Oh yeah. So the uh, yeah, but yeah, got out of court and won won the case. Uh, won what we were arguing for. So it was uh, it was good. Got in court in time and won it. Which when it involves California courts, those are always long shots. So both are happy. Love it. Yeah, I'm going to have to keep that in mind for my potential various legal interactions. Some of what I wanted to get your take on is, um, you know, not just, you know, the current political landscape, but also some other things as it relates to your field, um, AI and things of that nature. But I wanted to start with the, you know, the weaponization of the Department of Justice seemingly against one side of the political spectrum, you know, for we see how it's being done with Trump, where the process is the punishment. We also see, you know, a literal by the mainstream media definition, a uh, insane insurrection that happened uh, at the Capitol. And I, one wonders how many of them will be put in prison without trial for years and have their lives destroyed. Do you see, I mean, I feel like we're at a tipping point here where there's so many examples of uh, political bias and and all these basically people suffering as Trump surrogates, in my opinion, um, you know, from a constitutional law perspective, when you're looking at this stuff, I mean, you've got to really be like, what what the hell's going on? Yeah, I mean, to a degree, I mean, I've done a lot of politicized cases for over uh, about a quarter century, give or take. And, you know, I always say that, you know, there's some client I represent that people hate because my clients hate each other <clears throat> because they're mm -hmm. all across the board politically. You know, Ralph Nader, Joe Francis, Girls Gone Wild. Uh, right. I didn't defend him on certain things. I defended him on other things. Uh, tax <laughs> charges, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the Green Party, Jill Stein, Wesley Snipes, et cetera. And then on the right, you had, you know, Alex Jones, the Covington kids, Donald Trump. Uh, you know, James O'Keefe, uh, you know, defended a range of people, either in the court of public opinion or the court of law, Kyle Rittenhouse famously uh, mm -hmm. in the in the civil case side of the equation. And the uh, so there's always been a political weaponization of our judicial and legal process. What's unique is it's expanded to uh, half the country. I mean, mm -hmm. in the past, they targeted labor union activists. They targeted abolitionists. They targeted civil rights activists. They targeted anti-war protesters. But they were targeting groups that were 5%, 10%, 20% of the country. Mm -hmm. Now they're saying 
Half of America, we're looking at investigating. We're looking at surveilling. We're threatening with, you know, some little old guy is yipping away on his little yeah. social media, and they go and execute like he's a major terrorist and execute him. I mean, that, yeah, that yeah, that was. A, I remember that case, and you know, now they're calling um, the FBI is calling mega people. They're like a, a terrorist group or something like that. I mean, it's wild to see. Yeah, it's Hamas, Putin, and mega supporters. They're all like put, all- Biden put them on the same group last night, and it's like, what the heck? Yeah. So the, uh, yeah, it's a it's dangerous times for our constitutional republic. We've never tried to lock up a a leading presidential candidate. We've never uh, tried to lock up. We've we've locked up presidential candidates, just not leading presidential candidates. And we only did it during World War One with Eugene V. Debs, and that was an outrageous embarrassment. The only other guy, by the way, was in your old neck of the woods, Congressman Victor Berger. There, when you know, uh-huh. Milwaukee was a bunch of German socialists running around. There they was. Try yeah. lock, <laughs> yeah. They tried to lock him up because he just had an anti-war protest. But those were small segments of the population. Now we have Donald Trump, the man that is leading the polls. They're trying to imprison, and every judge, the New York judge today, saying, I'm going to lock you up. I'm going to imprison you for daring to question my holy yeah. clerk. Uh, you know, the, the, there's no judicial right to censor, suppress, or punish speech based on, I mean, this happened to Harry Bridges, famous case, the U.S. Supreme Court, labor activist who told the court basically, uh, you know, mm-hmm. that when he said he was going to stop a, a labor strike. Mm. U.S. Supreme Court said you can't punish him for that. There's no right for these courts to cover up for their own corruption or the Department of Justice to do the same. But yes, what you're seeing is weaponization at a level, at a scale we've never witnessed before. Uh, and instead of literal assassinations, the last time we experienced anything like this was the 1960s with all the assassinations of Robert Kennedy, President John Kennedy, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, conspiracy, you know, things that we would later find out it had somebody somewhere along the way that was complicit mm-hmm. with the government. Now they're just doing legal assassinations, political assassinations, reputational assassinations. And it is dangerous to our constitutional liberty because what happens when more than half the country doesn't believe they have a real government, doesn't believe they have a democratic government, doesn't believe the judges are impartial, doesn't believe the prosecutors are honest, doesn't believe the law enforcement is, is, is doing anything other than perjury for partisan purposes on a daily basis. That's a country and a government that collapses very quickly. Yeah, that's part of the thing that I'm afraid that people are going to, because people, you can only push people so far. And I've always kind of like, um, kind of memed on some other commentators, constant calls of civil war going to happen. But it's like, okay, well, it's people are, are, you know, they don't know who to trust. They, and like you said, we've gone from just removing people on the planet and having that pesky martyrdom to now we could just, the system just destroys you, takes all your money will throw you, they don't even necessarily have to throw you in jail, but they will. And um, that's more effective because you're not a martyr then in most cases. And it's interesting to see how it's affected Trump's polling. I think it's, it, it with Trump, there are, am I, is it three ongoing different, uh, be, you know, three, on, four ongoing. Okay. With four ongoing investigations, it has had seemingly zero effect on his favorability. And I think that probably says something too. It's to Trump's credit. He keeps identifying. He says the American people see through it. And the the two things that are unique about Trump is one is Trump has been a kind of a way, a filter, a frame whereby a lot of ordinary everyday people, you know, folks living out in Wauwatosa, 
who thought everything was cool, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and the FBI was good and they love the law and order TV shows. And, uh, yeah. and they think, the, you know, the military is honorable people at the top and the Pentagon. And, you know, they don't listen to those tin you know, hat wearing Alex Jones listening folks. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, they've been radicalized in a very short time frame because they've seen an election they don't think was done in a legal manner, in an honest manner, in a transparent man manner. Then mm -hmm. they've, see they've seen a guy targeted with two, not one, but two impeachments on bogus grounds. They've seen him now targeted to not one, not two, not three, but four criminal prosecutions. And based on what? Based on in, in New York, a fraud case where there's no fraud and there's no victim. In Georgia, an election fraud case that was supported by the leading constitutional lawyers in the country. In mm -hmm. D.C., because he challenged an election, something that every constitutional lawyer said he had the right to do, that he, they uh, advised him. Uh, in, in Florida, for keeping his own documents. But, you know, he kept his own documents, and now all of a sudden that's a crime. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, Barack Obama was storing them at furniture stores and George W. Bush was sticking them wherever he wanted to. And, of course, Bill Clinton, as Trump likes to say, he put them in his socks. He had it in his sock yeah. drawer. Yeah. I mean, and our sitting president had him next to his 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 sports car in a garage. I mean, it's yeah. it's every president in history. I think that it's interesting if you were a, a betting man, you know, I, you know, to me, and I, I, would, I know you are. Yeah. Yeah. If you were placing a bet on does any of these do any of these actually stick, what's your like, what's your uh, if I had to say over under of fifty percent, are you taking the over or are you taking the under? Honest judge, honest jury, zero percent chance any of these cases stick. Okay. The big X factor from a betting perspective is the refs are wearing the other team's uniform, and so when that's happening. That's the only risk factor. So in a place like D.C., it's probably over 50 percent chance he gets a conviction unless the higher courts step in because it's D.C. They did a poll. Emerson College did a poll in the District of Columbia. Richard Barris, People's Pundit, had also done it uh, previously. And what they found is that 93 percent, only 8 percent of people in D.C. said they could extend the presumption of innocence to Donald Trump. Only eight percent. You you can't get an it's the worst jury you pool. You never get a jury. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Martin Luther King could get better jurors in all white nineteen fifties Birmingham than Donald yeah. Trump can in today's District of Columbia, because uh, there are at least a few more closet civil rights people down there than there are closet Trump supporters in yeah. the in the swamp. And the it's the swamp getting to judge the swamp, and the swamp getting to judge the critics of the swamp. It's a dream uh, scenario. Yeah, they. You know, if you um. You know, I want to ask you to like lay out each individual one, but for the lay person like myself, what if, which, if any of these cases actually would, um, do any of them, if convicted, remove his ability to run for president? Not constitutionally, but once again, you got to wonder whether some whack job court is going to do whatever they want anyway. Uh, that's, mm. that's the scary thing. I keep saying it's not Donald Trump on trial. It's our legal system on trial. And right now, our legal system, the verdict is coming in bad. Mm -hmm. um, so constitutionally, uh, I've litigated many of these cases over the years about constitutional rights to access the ballot, about when the state can take somebody off the ballot and, and when they can't. And all the case law is clear. Even leftist lawyers have recognized this, that the case law is clear that you can't remove someone. Uh, only Congress can decide whether someone's qualified for the ballot. The, uh, the no governor, no state secretary of state, no election official, nor should any judge be deciding whether they think someone qualifies for the ballot, even under the very strained. And so that's problem one. Problem two is 
under the 14th Amendment interpretation they're trying to apply, it actually doesn't apply to the president. It specifically excludes the president. It only applies mm. to electors for the president. So it doesn't even apply to him anyway. And of course, it's not the kind of insurrection that's being talked about in the 14th Amendment that was only supposed to apply to Civil War people that we gave pardons to not long afterwards anyhow. The actual yeah. Civil War people that violated their oaths were back in Congress in a decade or so. Um, is, that is interesting. I wonder if, if, for me as a layman too, it's like, okay, if they remove Trump from the ballot in California, it actually doesn't, I don't think it really affects his likelihood of winning presidency. It's the swing states or the states that are in play that, that you got to worry about. Atlanta would be one of them, or Georgia would be one of them, where I think he carried... He carried in 2016, but lost in 2020. Is that is that right? I think by the most narrowest of tones. I, I was Trump's lawyer for a period of time in Georgia, looking at what happened in that election. The oh uh, yeah, in 2020, in 2020, that was yes, yes yeah. exactly. I mean, I mean, Wisconsin was another real close one. Arizona, another close one. Well, that's where I think Robert Kennedy Jr. comes into play because yeah. I think any state, including even a Democratic state, where they throw Trump off the ballot. They create a risk that Kennedy could win because Kennedy could win in one of those Democratic states. If it's Kennedy or Biden in California, yeah. uh, all of a sudden that goes from a guaranteed Biden vote to all of a sudden, what if Kennedy gets all the Trump vote and then some Democratic votes? All of a sudden, well, I mean, he just came out for reparations. So, I mean, that should be popular. Yeah. And that was one thing I was worried about. My thing with RFK is he has like 50 percent takes that I'm like, oh, based. And then 50% of his takes, I'm like, literally what? Um, you know, the reparations is a perfect example, uh, things like that. But I think initially when he decided he was going to run as an independent, I was like, oh, this is bad for Trump because of all of his stances on big pharma. You know, people really rally around that. A lot of those are Trump people. And there are a lot of Trump supporters who um, hold, you know, remember Operation Warp Speed, and they remember, you know, the favorable things he said about the jab. They might be inclined to go for RFK, but now that more time has passed, I'm more convinced he pulls votes from Biden. What is what is your take on that? Yeah, so I represent uh, Bobby Kennedy in a defamation case and in some other matters. Uh, I've, oh, I've known can him. You not answer then. Oh yeah. Oh no, no, he's a great guy. I mean, right. I think what he would tell you is he's out to win. But he would acknowledge that in the swing states, that on election day, uh, he won't get votes unless people think he can win. He's he's out to spoil yeah. it. As he likes to say, I'm, I'm here to, the you know, Trump people think I'm going to spoil it for them. The Biden people think I'm going to spoil it for them. I'm here to spoil it for both of them. So the, uh, and to give people an independent option. But assuming come election day, uh, that he's not that rare independent candidate that, pe that people have chosen to, that think can win. There's only been I, basically two in my lifetime that have any got any really any real right. amounts of votes. Exactly. I think what you what historically has happened, it will happen again. And what you're pointing out will, is likely to happen. The core people who will stick with Kennedy no matter what will come disproportionately from the Biden camp. Hmm. Uh, whereas your other swing voters in places like Wisconsin, they nobody uh, that's a swing voter wants their vote not to count if they know it's a tight state. And that's why, right. on average, about three quarters of independent or third party candidates lose their support from the poll on Election Day if it's a close contested swing state. And it's just they go in there and they're like, well, OK. And there I think that 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 vote that wants to pick a winner will end up being a Trump voter, whereas the voter that says, "Nah, I'm sticking with Kennedy no matter what, yeah. that's going to be your, you know, your hipster in the near north side of Milwaukee. Maybe was, disillusioned Biden voter, too. 
Exactly. That, yeah. that that otherwise would be voting Biden if it, if Kennedy wasn't on the ballot. I think the big thing that Kennedy plays is he's ballot insurance for Trump. That if they were to somehow take Trump off the ballot entirely, something goes yeah. wacky, they imprison him, he something he, life insurance, you know, the yeah. the sort of the people that hate Trump and the establishment and the corrupt, uh, the deep state apparatus or national security establishment, whatever people want to call it. They hate Bobby Kennedy just as much. And the right. problem is if they take Trump out, they may get Kennedy. And so because they scare Kennedy scares them so much, I think it actually helps Trump in the long run to have that threat behind him to, uh, to the like establishment. The joke. It's like the old Chappelle joke where he was like, uh, if I was ever the first black president, I would have I would make sure my vice president was Mexican. Like yeah, uh, exactly. something like yeah, that. The, yeah. Well, that's what Joe Biden did. He's like, yeah. how do I make sure I don't get taken out? I have a bigger idiot that's hated by more people as my vice president. And then you, now you can't remove me because everybody thinks. I mean, can you imagine have, finding somebody dumber than Joe Biden? And yet he I did. can't. I can't yeah. actually. Like I, I one of the questions I had was and I kind of tweeted out before. I've kind of been a both sides voter. I'm I'm 40. So I think I've been eligible to vote for president maybe four times. I literally voted independent for that anti-establishment guy, like my first election. I, um, I forget his name now. Um, that was would have been probably like the early 2000s. And I did vote for Obama and I voted for Trump. The the uh, And in this coming up election, currently Trump has my vote, although I'm less enthusiastic now than it was in 2016. But I will say, I think there are a lot of people like me that are not going to vote for Joe Biden. I think... In my opinion now, Joe Biden has surpassed, it, it, this is my own personal list, Bush Jr. is the worst president of my entire life. This guy's got us in not one but two wars. We're protecting borders in foreign countries when we're being invaded on our own southern border. Sanctuary cities are overflowing with proof of that. Crime is through the roof. Inflation is through the roof. Where does Biden rank in your lifetime of presidents? Oh, I mean, I've, I've described him as LBJ's retarded little brother. Um, <laughs> okay, you know, yeah. so the it's it, it's uh, it's it makes Jimmy. I mean, at least I mean, Jimmy Carter had ethics and was intelligent. You made you made some strategic mistakes, but nothing on the scale is what what Biden has done. I mean, yeah. it's one blunder after another. Where the armed closest... the Taliban. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, no, just, yeah. I mean, I mean, between I mean, you decide. Okay, there's two groups I'm going to help arm through either dereliction or deliberation. And one of them is going to be the Taliban and the other is going to be the biggest money laundering, gun running center of the world, Ukraine. One right. Of the most corrupt yeah. governments. I mean, it's like, my God. And then shock, shock, these go, you know, you see Hamas carrying around guns that look like U.S. weapons. They look pretty fancy. Yeah, they, they, yeah. they look familiar. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, you know, they were bragging about it. I mean, it, it's just, I mean. We, we've isolated Russia. We've isolated China. We've driven Russia and China together. Geopolitically, it's just a nightmare. Just an well, utter you just nightmare. Saw, you saw Putin doing his little world tour there in this last week. It's like, what do people think that's about? You know, like, I, I, they've got the American people. You know, I'm no, like, I always look at, at countries by the people in them and not necessarily their leadership. So I'm not like a anti-Russia guy. I've never bought that, the, you know, I'm supposed to believe that Russia's this huge military threat and they can't even take over, you know, a swath of land smaller than, you know, you know, a couple hundred miles. I'm supposed to believe that they're so sophisticated that they they definitely were 
you know, swaying the election in 2016, but they definitely didn't do it in 2020. It's like our government keeps telling us Russia, 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 China, China, China. And I was like, yeah, but everything you do is galvanizing them against the United States. Completely. And I think you have multiple generations, Gen X, millennials sort of coming to it a little bit later than some others, but they recognize all these foreign wars and foreign politics that is promoted that we just can't trust a single thing out of our leaders, out of our institutional representatives. I mean, there's nothing about Russia that's been a threat to the United States of America since the Not Soviet in my Union. Time. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, when the, the, the wall fell and the Soviet Union fell, that was it. They weren't a threat anymore. Uh, yeah. You know, China's an economic threat, uh, but that's because our, our big Wall Street companies, back companies, decided to shift ship so many jobs over there. And the both the Clintons and the Bushes and the and then the Obamas and the Bidens went along with it to pocket uh, the riches for themselves. And we didn't and, protect our own. We let them buy up all this property in the United States. We let them uh, invest hundreds of millions of dollars into our universities. Send Nobody the occasional balloon over to say yeah. hi. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, well, don't worry about that. Yeah, and, and it's like, um, and people are like, well, why? Well, I wonder how this happened. Well, it's because the people who are really in control, whether it's Wall Street or in government, know there's a lot of money in uh, in uh, dealing with China, but they pretend to care about uh, keeping American jobs and all this stuff, which is baloney. Oh, completely. And then you just have the military-industrial complex that you know. I mean, Eisenhower of all people, a pretty conservative personality, a general. You know, the uh, in World War II came from the establishment, New York wing of the Republican Party. You know, there's a reason why he goes and makes his farewell address in early '61, and then two years later, we have a, a president assassinated that we get to watch later on video. Then we yeah. have a presidential candidate, Robert Kennedy, assassinated his brother, and then two civil rights uh, and uh, one civil rights leader, one controver more controversial civil rights leader, and Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, all within five years. And then the next president, we yeah, who we do you think did that? You know what I mean? Like people are like, "Oh, must have been a racist white guy." Wrong, yeah, wrong. Exactly. <laughs> oh, completely. Yeah. And then it's so weird to like, it's like back in the 60s. Like, I think Bobby Kennedy Jr. sees the, this election as 1968 all over again. He sees Trump as Wallace. I disagree with him on that aspect, but that, and he sees Biden as LBJ. Um, and he sees himself as in his father's footsteps. And he's hoping the the country, uh, you know, repairs its, its, its uh, wayward path. But we just have an out of control power privilege elite and more and more Americans are fully waking up to it. I think a lot of millennials and some yeah. Zoomers, you know, really thought Obama was the answer, really thought the Democratic Party, thought the problem was a Bushite Republican problem. And now they're realizing under Biden, oh, no, this is a, a two-party system problem. This it's is a, It's a uniparty problem. I, th and I think a lot of people, by the way, if you're enjoying the conversation, either, either over on YouTube or on Rumble, uh, I'm joined by Robert Barnes, constitutional lawyer. You can find him at vivabarnslaw.locals.com, which is linked in my description, as well as on Twitter, which is also linked in my description. If you're enjoying the conversation, please do follow him. Consider joining his locals community. Um, the guy is obviously very, uh, very smart, much more intelligent than me. So I'm glad that that you're joining me and you're sharing um, your insights on this stuff because what you said about like the older millennials, I often admit that you know, I, I was basically uh, radicalized in quotes by 
you know, you eventually you reach an age. Now, so I'm an older millennial. I was born in 83. At some, at some times, right, I get radicalized every time I pay my taxes. You know, I just talked about uh, re- considering relocating from Wisconsin to Tennessee because it would save me. Ah, about- greatest state in the union. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I mean, it would save me. Um, you know, I don't want to give exact numbers, but, you know, you, you can catch. guess. And yeah, my house would be free basically there. And uh, then I see, you know, uh, how many billions of dollars were sent to Israel. And then we got Joe Biden on TV last night. Like, guys, we got to send money, more money to Israel who doesn't need it. And also, by the way, they're using dead babies in Israel or in, in Pakistan and is, or, or in Israel uh, to, to shoehorn more money for Ukraine. And I'm yeah. like, here's some, you know, here's a, well, pay another $50,000 a year in state taxes. Here you go. And more, more in federal taxes. I hope the Ukrainians like it. I hope the so like, I feel like there are more people like me who are political normies. And they're like, wait a minute here. Like we have a, a literal invasion on our Southern border. And we're, and, and I, I you open New York post every day. I read the New York post. I read the Chicago times or sun times. Every day, another uh, another terrible crime. Oh, pushed in front of the subway. That's like every day, some innocent civilian pushed in front of a subway. Drug addicts, open air drug markets in California, Oregon, Seattle area. These these are lost, failed cities. And I don't know what a hundred billion dollars is because it's like a fake number to me. Most people, if if you saw a billion dollars in like most people can't fathom what a billion dollars is even like, even let alone a million. Hundred billion dollars seems like it would build a lot of wall. Or that it would maybe build a lot of rehab centers, or maybe it would build a lot more, uh, quite frankly, prisons and uh, mental institutions. Like, I want to bring back mental institutions because we have a problem with addiction and mental health that's leasing. And it's just going over. And instead of doing that, it's like, it's so enraging. And I think that's part of what's getting more normies like me, you know, to be a part of the conversation. Oh, completely. I mean, essentially, economically, they've been absolutely, utterly hammered. And it's them who, it's their friends, it's people they know who have experienced the the deaths and disabilities from serving overseas in these idiotic wars. They've seen how the trillions of dollars wasted in one dumb war after another dumb war after another dumb war. I mean, two dumb wars in Iraq, dumb war in Libya, dumb war in Syria, dumb Syria, war, yeah. uh, you know, the in, no, in one Afghanistan. of these people hate us, by the way. Like yeah. I, it's like the abnormal sense. Like what, what would it, what would inspire somebody who has like a 50 IQ to st- strap a vest to their chest and blow themselves up this it's yes. like, what, what would you think if you were in this country and America kept coming over and blowing you up? Like, I mean, we have more military bases than the Roman empire. Right. I mean, it's insanity. <laughs> Uh, it's like, why do we have 400 and something military bases all over the world? You'll see some random story about a soldier who dies in some random country. You had no idea we were even there. And yeah. so this, and I think for the, so there's constant wake up call for millennials and Gen Xers uh, to this reality that re- reinforces what some of the bo- working class boomers went through. And then you look at what's happening economically. I mean, just take the last several years. I mean, your your average working class Gen Xer or or millennial has gotten crushed. Their, their housing costs have doubled. I mean, the, when you add the interest rates to housing prices, they've doubled in three years. You can't afford a house. Let if you have this. a house, you can't afford to sell it. <laughs> Let me share this. You shared this uh, on Twitter. This is from the, I think, Kobayashi letter. I don't know how it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. Excess savings in the United States continue to drop sharply. 
total excess savings. Now, I, I'm not sure how they define excess savings. Do you know that? So that's the savings above the norm. Okay. Total excess savings are now down from 2.3 trillion with a T at their peak to about 200 billion. The bottom 80% of households currently have zero excess savings remaining as credit card debt crosses $1 trillion and total household debt crosses $17 trillion. I mean, this is the stuff that people are like, like just to illustrate what you were saying, the, the point you're making is like, damn, like the money, or you see some of those tweets where it's like, here's what a mortgage on a $500,000 house cost five years ago, not 50 years ago. Here's what it costs now. It's double. And it's like, you go from yeah. two two point five percent to eight. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, the, the job market sucks for 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 the the working class young population. The housing market sucks. Healthcare, education, groceries cost to continue to go through the roof. Uh, the all of a sudden now that you you know you're given a little delay, your student loan debt still due. In fact, not it's going now away. More than, yeah, now more than it was before because it's just been sitting there adding uh, interest in the rest in the interim. Uh, that if you got a little rent moratorium, not anymore. Now it turns out you still owe that rent. All of a sudden, maybe you own a personal judgment or something else because that wasn't erased from the deal. So your basic expenses you can't afford. Your incomes are going down. Uh, the remote work that you got excited about, they're taking away at many of these companies and corporations. Isn't that funny? Like uh, yeah. all these studies that said people were more productive at home I get crushed for saying I'm not like I used to work at a, an inc internet incubator, which means we had a bunch of marketing dorks drinking Starbucks and we would buy like websites and internet businesses. And then we we're basically our own marketing agency, but we didn't work for clients. We bought like businesses that were profitable and then we tried to make them way profitable. I never let my people work from home ever. I was like, nope, I want your ass in a seat. I want to wring your neck when you screw up. I want to be able to walk over and say, now I know there are some jobs that are you can be more effective from being home, you know, and being home. But I think that all these tech industry, look at all the lifts. I mean, Nokia just laid off eight thousand or fifteen thousand, fifteen percent or something of their total workforce. Facebook's laid off 20, 30, 40,000 people in the last two years. Twitter successfully laid off five thousand people, and nothing changed. It's like, hello, like these. By the way, these cushy adult daycare jobs where these kids were making $240,000 a year for doing jack shit, those are gone. Like the account, that should have been a warning sign for people. Like the company saw it coming, they got lean. And now those jobs are gone and they're not coming back for a very long time. And then you compound that by what's happening culturally that you have, you know, over the last decade, an attack on all the things that people use, particularly in that generational Gen X, millennial Zoomers to escape from whether it was games, whether it was uh, TV, whether it was Ooh, comics, yeah. whether it was movies, whatever it was that people were like, okay, I can, like, you know, in my prime, uh, as an older Gen X, oh yeah, as an older Gen Xer, we could, in the 90s, we could watch Stargate SG-1, we could watch Babylon 5, we could watch Firefly, we could watch The X-Files, you know, or we could watch the old classics, the Andy Griffith show, you know, yeah. all those kind of things. And what, what, what and, and the, the one few things that this generation could have or look to is whether it was Marvel, whether it was Star Trek, whether it was Star Wars, these great brands that have been completely demolished in the name of wokeism. And then you compound that by what's happening in the dating world. 
where young men to almost two thirds now not dating, not, not, mm -hmm. you know, they can't, we, we've returned to almost uh, old uh, harem culture where a this small percentage of men get all the women. So, I mean, and then you're living at home in your basement. You can't afford Jack and yeah. you can't get a date and you can't even watch anything good on TV. You're talking about angry and screwed. That's the that, young men of America. That's a very, very valid and good point. It's something I talk about on my channel too, which is, you know, also, you know, coincides with the rise of these parasocial relationships with OnlyFans girls, pornography, the rise in use of that. Um, you're really, there is going to be a very real I don't mean to be like doom and gloom, but for young men, when these guys hit their fifties, I don't, I don't know if you're going to see like an explosion in, in suicide rates, an explosion in violence, something, this is going to have a profound effect. I've never in my life seen so many men who are financially sound and, and that are my friends, you know, in their thirties, self-select out of the dating pool. They're just like, it's not even worth it. And I was like, what? This, what do you mean it's not worth it? And then I talked to another guy and another guy and another guy. And they're all doing they're like, look, I make $85,000 a year. They're usually like tradespeople. They make good, good money for like a single income home. They make, they, some of these kids are making hundred grand, 120 grand, just putting their dick in the dirt, working on highway crews. They don't even, they don't want to even screw with it. They work all day. They come home, they stop at the bar, they go play some video games and they're out. And like these guys were, you know, these guys are a tier husband material and they're just out. Completely. And, and we're seeing it. it's just we, we like, for example, the reason when they mostly studied uh, those old harem based cultures where over half of the women are chasing 10 percent or fewer of the men. Mm. The reason why they ultimately went to monogamous cultures instead is because it left out too many men. And when you leave out and you have a bunch of angry young men, that tends not to work well for society's long-term functioning. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing it in other data, labor force participation rate dropouts, people claiming I started seeing it uh, a generation ago in Southeast Tennessee. So in these places that were devastated by demanufacturing, demining, all of those things from the nineties forward, you started seeing only the rise of heroin and meth and other forms of, of, of opiates, I mean, that was where the opiate epidemic was the worst of all, being pushed by every local pharmacist you could find. But oh, you could get them for anything. Yeah. Oh, completely. And you had like old working class moms that were becoming addicted to this. They mm. were sneaking out, wearing wigs, going into some other places to make sure they could get no one would recognize them when they got their late next next hit of pain kills. Yeah. And the and then on top of all of that, all the the, the you started seeing this rise of disability. Like I knew all these lawyers. They used to do in the personal injury space. Suddenly they quit and they were doing SSI. And I was oh, like, why is there man. a sudden yeah. surge in SSI disability? There was more money to be made, more demand to be had in the SSI disability space than anywhere else. These people were just dropping out. I mean, these are people that, and they not only were dropping out of the economy, they're dropping out. They quit going to church. They quit being part of bowling clubs. They quit being part of associations. Yeah, societies, yeah. Completely. And I was like, this doesn't ever end well. Um, and we're just Trump, I always said, was a response like the elites and the establishment keep thinking he's a cause. He's not mm -hmm. a cause of anything. He's a response of people screaming in pain that the establishment won't listen to. I agree. I agree about that 100 percent. By the way, if you're tuned in, whether you're on YouTube or um, Rumble, please do 
check out Robert Barnes's links in the description. I always like to at least pay it forward for them coming on the show by uh, sending some new viewers their way. Um, and if you're enjoying the conversation, you can always follow me too, wherever you are. Uh, I'm sure Robert uh, brought in some new viewers. So hopefully, you know, on Fridays, I do these conversations and uh, the rest of the week, I do a regular show. The, the young men, I, I really worry about. If you look at the way, this is something I've talked about, which is like a little more, a little more spicy, but I believe it to be true. We're like five years away from like fully autonomous AI sex bots. And then it's over. Like it's over. Like men are just going to be, that that's going to be the future. You're going to live in a pod and you're going to have sex with a robot. Like I, I just, I, I worry, maybe it's not five years, but I see the way it's going with these parasocial relationships, men checking out, women growing up old, alone, childless. This is not good for society. And this is something Elon Musk often talks about the birth rate in America. You know, you know, smart people are not making babies. Productive people are not making babies. Uh, this is a problem. Um, and, uh, you know, you look at society and their culture, you know, <laughs> We can't even outpace the number of people that are pouring in over the borders um, because people are increasingly feeling this hopelessness. They don't want to have kids. They don't want to bring kids into what they believe is, you know, a mess. I, I genuinely am worried about, you know, the young men. And you see that's in the rise of a lot of red pill channels. There's a lot of, there's a big variety um, in those channels, but I do believe that the biggest ones really just tap into this toxic hate, this toxicity that, um, and I don't even say toxic, just the anger of young men, uh, at women. And that has exploded. It's never been more popular. These shows where basically like all women are whores and all this kind of stuff. It's like, I understand how they got there. I wish that wasn't the case, but I don't see that getting any better. Yeah, and, and then you look at the lives of the young women in this self-reinforcing pattern. So you've mm -hmm. got, because of social media, ever since its explosion, you have a five-fold increase in self-reported self-harm, a five-fold increase in anxiety and depression and the use of pharmaceuticals and psychological services. SSRIs. Oh, completely off the charts amongst young women that, mm -hmm. you know, whether they're left or right politically, the well, because they're chasing players, they get played. And so their interpretation of men is also extremely negative. Mm -hmm. So the now it's part of a kind of a self-defeating uh, cycle that they're involved in, but it doesn't change the fact that their ex lived experience is an experience that's not very good. Mm -hmm. And some are, you know, chased into feminism and, and then they're discovering that feminism doesn't satisfy them. It turns out that going against culture and biology and centuries of history uh, that for, for what, ultimately leads to happy women in a society turns out pretending to be a man is not one of them right uh, you know the uh, in terms of you know the being a provider being a protector being a uh you know having success in the That's economic third wave, third wave feminism i think destroyed women's happiness i can get behind the suffragettes and women's right to vote i can get behind i can even get behind you know second wave feminism and, and um, you know, fighting against discrimination. But then they went and told every woman that you can have it all. You can be a boss bitch. You can be a CEO. You can be a mom. You can be, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, 
uh, super you know rich person. But the fact of the matter is, you can't. And by the way, many women—I won't say most—because I know I know women who like to work and who like you know thrive in that type of scenario. But they're also not moms. They're also right. not you know they're in their thirties, and they're going to be the same women like Chelsea Handler, who's constantly putting out videos telling us how happy she is now that she's got no eggs left, that she didn't have kids. It's like a total cope. We know that a nuclear family is what makes people the happiest. We, I mean, for hundreds of years, we've known this. Um, and somewhere along the line in the 90s and early 2000s, they convince young women that um, they should chase their dreams and they end up you know, blue-haired and overweight and un, you know, undateable. And then they blame men for it. Yeah. And they become caricatures of the cat ladies and the, uh, you know, the, you know, with just a bunch of cats as friends and hanging out on social media, wanting to lecture everybody about. I'm so happy, Robert. I'm so happy. I don't have any kids. I know a lot of happy people. You know what? I, one, one thing that is common amongst all of them, they're never telling me how happy they are. Right. Exactly. You know, it's like, it was just denial. I mean, I mean, motherhood is this the true feminism to me always would celebrate and protect what the most distinct and empowering aspect of being a woman, which is motherhood. And I was like, why are they so anti-motherhood? I mean, they, it always struck me that third wave feminists have issues with mommy, you know, at some yes, level. They must. Yeah. The, so and then the idea of, hey, you know, body count's going to be a good thing that, you know, you can be a female Andrew Tate. And it's yeah. like, you know, the people that are upset with Andrew Tate is like Tate is a product of this crazy culture that we've we've inhabited. I got a lot right. of disagreements with Andrew Tate, but the uh, uh, but part of the he's a consequence, not a cause. That's of, of exactly that's what I say too. a lot of this, you know, Tate, even fresh and fit, which tends to be a little more toxic towards women. How do they is, get all those women on? There? They have, is it, are they promoting their OnlyFans or something? I mean, what? I'm always well, shocked. They the, they all, or at least they have the best thumbnails in the world. Here's the facts. And this is what I've always thought is a hilarious cell phone for those communities. Several of these women have released numbers after the fact, right? They go on the show. They get berated for an hour. People are super chatting $100 to call them whores. But every single time, their OnlyFans numbers explode. All these same guys that are calling them whores are paying them money. And that's why I try to like, when it's I like point. The, it's, it's the Mayweather grift. I didn't fully understand why Mayweather. I was like, how does he make all this money? He's a defensive boxer. Yeah, you know, the boring. He, yeah. Yeah. He, pretty, I mean, pretty boy Floyd and all that stuff. And, and then I went to the Pacquiao fight and, and I realized. Oh, where he knocked he, him out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which was uh, man, he just, a bad Mayweather. Yeah, yeah. Wow. He was amazing in that fight. I was like, I, I I developed a whole new level of respect for his boxing ta- skill there. But the and I figured out who comes to Mayweather fights in Vegas. Like I had a bunch of African American friends and I was uh, that I was like, hey, going to yo, Mayweather Pacquiao that were boxing fans. And they're like, uh-uh, we're not getting anywhere near that. You don't understand who comes to Mayweather fights. It basically, if you're a drug dealer, you have to go to a Mayweather fight. The whole oh, Vegas, okay. they, they would take over hotels. This was before pot was legal. The whole strip was like one big pot. You know, you could just oh, smell it everywhere. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. This is why my friends were like, uh-uh, Barnes, you're, you're an idiot. You go down <laughs> yeah. there. Good luck. Pay the 50 the, bucks uh, and watch it on TV, white boy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what they said. Yeah. The uh, But I realized he built a reputation as being, he. Uh, everybody was dead. People paid lots of money to see Mayweather get beat. That's how he did it. He by being the bad guy. Jay Paul's doing time, it right now. 
Exactly. And every time he won, it drove him even more crazy. So they would pay even more money to Mayweather to see him get beat and win again. Yeah. Uh, but that makes sense. That's how they 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 do it. It's these self-flagellating. We hate you. Yeah. Can I, can I send you a, a little DM? Yeah. What are your feet picks? That's the um. Every time I point that out, people get really mad. Not like my viewers, but like members of those communities. They're like, yeah, right. We just paid a dunk on him. I'm like, yeah, right. Okay. Here's an OnlyFans person. So they gained a thousand people after going on whatever podcast. A thousand people paying 10 bucks a month. That's $120,000 a year from people who are also probably super chatting to say that they're, you know, selling pictures of their butthole, make, you know, are go, making them go to hell. There is a, it's an interesting, uh, interesting thing. I wanted to get your opinion on uh, something that came up yesterday with uh, Letitia James in New York, where she tried to violate, um, a, I think, a federal ruling against, she tried to enforce New York's stupid hate speech laws on social media. Rumble was one person I know for sure that told him to get bent. And then today, she already backed down. Was, is it just PR moves for these people at this point? At least with her, because Rumble has fought so aggressive. Rumble has been the tip of the spear in all the free speech space on all the big platforms. Mm. And particularly as to Letitia James, the Attorney General of New York, but also as the California, as the Canada, as the France. I mean, you had the uh, Republican Senator Scott go after Rumble, which is now relocated in his state of Florida, saying you better take RT off. And they said, Sorry, Senator, it's not going to happen. Doing that. Yeah. The French government said, we'll cancel you if you don't take RT off. They said, okay, go ahead and cancel us. People will still find us with a VPN. Yep. The Canadian government has taught, has threatened all kinds of laws. And Rumble said, we'll just leave Canada rather than uh, cut to compromise our cancel culture values that mm -hmm. opposes cancel culture. And it's where I disagree. It's where I agree with Glenn Greenwald and some of, and, uh, uh, and not some of my friends on the right. Uh, this sudden celebration of cancel culture because the topic is Israel is mm -hmm. not a good idea. I get, I mean, I'm, I'm as much a critic of Hamas and the Palestine, the Palestinian leader, uh, uh, liberation organization. And that side as as anybody, though, I'm not the kind of nutty neocon. Ben Shapiro starts shaking every time. He, he really wants war, man. Yeah. He war. Wants we gotta it. Go to yeah. war. It's like yeah. Ben, it's still America, not the United States of Israel. God bless. Yeah. But the, I mean, uh, yeah. Sign up, Ben. Yeah, exactly. You go over there. I have no problem with you. I mean, you're yeah. five foot three, but you know that's okay. Yeah, uh, you could fit in the tunnels at least. The uh, <laughs> but so I think. Uh, uh, but you know, the we shouldn't be joining that that cancel culture celebration. We have to fight for the speech we don't like. But thank God for Rumble because who knows? I mean, you know, YouTube and the Twitters and and credit to Musk. I mean, I've been critical of aspects of Musk, but at least uh, it's definitely a big improvement over where it was with Dorsey yeah. at the end. Yeah, uh, it's nowhere near as good as what he promised, but right. it is better. I want to touch on that, what you mentioned, because it's been wild watching. I, I, may, I tweeted about this the other day. I genuinely cannot think of another time, even during the, the Trump election, where so many people are getting fired for their social media posts. Yeah. I mean, we've got dentists, doctors. All these people for, for, you know, look, I don't want to go down the road of, I think Israel has done some really messed up stuff. I also obviously don't support, you know, terrorist activity. Uh, I've got no dog in this fight, but to have an American citizen who, you know, has expressed support for Israel or Hamas, 
uh, you know, these people are just getting summarily fired. Professors, college professors. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, agreed. And, and I disagree with it entirely. And, and it's sad to see so many people on the right lose their mind when the topic is something near and dear to them. It's what I've, I've been like. Uh, another topic in that same vein is the various trans treatment issues and mm-hmm. aspects of the abortion debate. And I remind, I was like, uh, my friends on the right is like, be careful about using the state in this regard. If you start saying that the state can override a parent, can override medical autonomy, do you really want to go down that path? That's now, what California that- tried to do, right? Where they said yes. you could, they could over, and that did get overruled, I think, or he didn't sign it, right? Something like that. Some parts, yes. Some parts, no. They're still trying. I mean, I mean, the, the uh, I mean, I, I represent probably more victims of abuse than almost any other lawyer in the country over the last quarter century, and almost all of it pro bono. And in that, and, and that's where my experience, quite frankly, with the the, the trans issue is just. The rate of violence and problems in the trans community is sky high. And it's like pretending this is not a mental health issue is not helping that community, is not helping the people that suffer from it. Telling kids they should just transition is not helping them at all. Hey, by the way, release the manifesto. How about that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it, it's extraordinary. When we can suddenly uh, easily release documents and information, when it's suddenly got to be withheld and hidden. I mean, it's so obvious. I wonder why, Robert. I wonder why, if maybe there are some inconvenient... You know dang well if that red hat said, keep America great again, and it was some Trump thing, it would have been out the same day. The same day well, it would have been on the front page of the newspaper. I'll give you If Trump was president, Americans being held hostage right now in Gaza Strip would be a nonstop story on the media. See oh, what yeah. a failure Trump is. He probably Trump would have also do. got him by now. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Mean, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. That's probably right. And, and he probably would have whacked a few bad guys to go. Like, that's yeah. where Trump was smart. He was always a surgical strike guy. He wasn't mm-hmm. a go in and do a mass con. He was like, that's not going to work. It's just going to backfire. Mm-hmm. His ability to walk the line of being a tough macho guy and a peacenick at heart was really quite extraordinary. Like he could walk that line to where he only had the one that right when he became president, I think he fired some missiles into Syria or something like that. Yeah. But and even there, like, at least it was it was almost all for show. Like I was worried that I was like, oh my God, we're back to the same old thing. And then yeah. it turned out he gave him a you know 24 it was hour empty notice. Buildings. Yeah. The airfield yeah. was empty. He made sure it looked good for the cameras and that there was no real consequence to it. This is um, similar to what we did with um was it Iran? Two, we like bombed some empty, some empty yeah. military installations. The only guy we took out was like Soleimani. And I get some people on the left still like that guy. I was like, that guy was one of the most brutal. I get it. He was anti-ISIS. Good. That's good. He yeah. was also one of the most brutal, vicious human beings on the planet. I just can't cry for the dude. Well, the, yeah, uh, Saddam Hussein was pretty bad, but I'd argue that Iraq is no better now than it was under him. Oh, it's worse. Yeah. Worse. I mean, the Taliban freaking runs it. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. we fought a war, two wars to get rid of Completely. that guy. I mean, I mean Afghanistan disaster, Iraq disaster. Look at Libya. Gaddafi was <laughs> much, we were much better off with Gaddafi than we are with what replaced it. Yeah. Um, I mean, in every ISIS scenario, basically. In every oh, scenario Assad. where we go in. Assad it's like, yeah, Assad, you know, did, did, you know, lots of history of questionable activity, to put it kindly. Still a lot better. These secular pan-Arab national type, nationalist types and the Nasser profile were always easier to deal. That's what Hussein really was. That's what Gaddafi really was. That's what Assad really is. Uh, the They were always easier to deal with when the replacement was always going to be hardcore Islamic fundamentalists who want mm-hmm. to you know, return uh, you know, Allah Akbar to the world by one means or another. 
And that's all we keep getting. I mean, Israel keeps making that mistake. I mean, I parts know, of they do. I that's one of the I hate like that you can't like that the conservatives won't say that. By the mm -hmm. way, if you're joined now, by the way, Barnes, I believe you are now the owner of our largest Rumble stream, previously held by Viva. So now you can lord that over him. Uh, we've got uh, almost it's, it, seven. It can be easy to lord things over me. <laughs> I know. He's very small. Just, when I met him. <laughs> but he jokes about his own height, so it's yeah, all good. He took a picture with me, and I was like, do you want me to you know, kneel down a little bit? And he's like, no. And I was like, man, you're so small. But he, um, very nice guy. But uh, yes. if you're enjoying the show over on Rumble or on YouTube, I do these interviews every Friday, so I hope that you'll follow the channel. But also, more importantly, all of Mr. Barnes's links are in the description. If you're enjoying his commentary, please follow him on Twitter at least, but also make sure you check out vivabarneslaw.locals.com. Join his Locals community. Locals is an extremely um, powerful tool for content creators. I'm sure your Locals helps you take more pro bono cases too because it's uh, you know an income source especially when we're talking about spicy issues. For example, like fellow, con, you know, I don't call myself a conservative. I vote conservative now, but I, there's too many warmongers on both sides for me to really feel great about ever calling myself a Republican. Now we have kind of the global unmasking of the Uniparty that has never been more obvious now than during the speaker vote, where we're basically hearing that there are Republicans who are you know, holding it, holding it against Jim Jordan because, or holding, you know, trying to spite Matt Gates by not voting for Jim Jordan. You know, the, the speaker thing to me is, is a, I love it because the longer there's chaos, they can't send another hundred billion dollars to Ukraine and Israel. I find it pretty coincidental that suddenly they're like, well, okay, an interim speaker just in time to send another hundred billion dollars overseas what do you see happen happening with this the speaker row and do you think it will you know do you think jim jordan gets in you know, what do you make of the you know the quick switch to an interim i mean i think that the the the, the whole speaker debate reveals and unveils the institutional rot in our so-called representatives who are they're representative all right they're just not representative of us they're representative of Wall Street. They're representative of lobbyists. They're representative of the military-industrial complex. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, look at who the uh, temporary speaker is. His right. entire this dude was like a college Republican, right? Yeah. College Republican, even national college Republican. You remember those people? Yeah. Nobody. Uh, you would never want those people near power. Right? Yeah. The guy's never had a real job in his life ever. Always been as a professional politician. Brought yeah. up under Karl Rove, then given a Congress, one of the most safe Republican districts in the country, an extremely pro-Trump district. This guy voted against Trump on a bunch of stuff. And because mm -hmm. the donor class and the media class monopolize how politicians get elected, we don't have really representative people. There's no better example than that schmuck. I mean, yeah. it's like I always tell people, imagine you're the people you knew who are obsessed with like model UN in seventh grade or yeah. running for student vice president. And now imagine they grew up watching West Wing. Now these are the nitwits that are in positions of power never, governing yeah. the rest of us. They never went hungry in their life. They never no. had to work a job. They never had float checks. It, to no. me, there's a delineating line. And this dates because no one writes checks now. But it's like, if you can remember floating checks, then you know, then you remember. Oh, like, exactly. I remember. Hey, if you I know, do like, this on Thursday and I get yeah. this on uh, Friday, then I'll listen to through on Monday. I'll go to Walmart. They'll, they'll let me write a check for 20 bucks over. 
Uh, I'll go there Thursday night at like midnight so that they don't cash it till Monday so I can put gas in my car. These are the people, you know, most of the people running our country right now have never, ever uh, had to deal with that. And the ones that do uh, are communists. They're the ones yeah. that allegedly did. You know, they, they, they yeah, have the they're squad. the ones going there saying, I want your stuff and I want that other right. person's stuff. Want, exactly. You know, the other person's stuff. Yes, it, precisely. It's like, Oh yeah. Oh, AOC was working class. Mm, I wonder why she wants to take all of my stuff. Yeah, I wonder exactly. why all, you know, all these people Who's are that pro Hamas. Those high-end people saying these people don't deserve it. I deserve it. I, I should do. have it. Yeah. It's, it's so wild to me. Do you think Jim Jordan ultimately gets in or do you, or do you think that it's just going to stay this mess for months? I think it's, you know, potential political. I think you're right. The money for Ukraine would be the only thing that somehow has a temporary solution. They all want sure. that. You know. Yeah, another sixty billion gone. Yeah, but I think the question is, how politically suicidal are the twenty Republicans who are holding out for this? Be, and what is they're so accustomed to never being challenged, never being yeah. questioned that ah, you know, there'll be some phone calls, emails, and letters for a week or so, but it won't matter come election day. And they know that if they lose, let's say they're adding, uh, compare Madison Cawthorn and Adam, Adam Kissinger. Madison yeah. Cawthorn says there's all kinds of corruption here. There's like orgies they invite you to. This town is a disgusting town that we shouldn't be backing these wars and all these and Wall Street politics. He loses office because he gets challenged by big money and big media. And in his primary process, uh, with every scandal known to man, he's attacked with. And what happens to his post-Congress career? He's not getting media gigs, speaking nope. gigs, book writing deals, university deals. Whereas Adam Kinzinger, he's going to be on CNN. He's going to be on MSNBC. He's going to get media gigs, consulting gigs, lobbying gigs, think tank gigs, put on corporate boards. I mean, look at Barack Obama. He has toured the White House like nobody. I mean, yeah. you got to give that guy some credit. He is. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> he's like the, 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 the new coming of the... Uh, of the old black exploitation pimp films. I mean, Obama. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Count Blackula. Or, uh, you know, the, do you remember that they remade one of those not that long ago? Yeah. Um, a super, was it super pimp? Was that what it called or no, something like that? It was some there was, um, it, uh, there was a line like, man, uh, my mama says you're my, my daddy's name is I'm trying to, th um, trying to think of what it was. And he's like, man, hush up little girl. Our cats get that name. Um, <laughs> I always thought that was pretty funny. Oh, the, all, I mean, all those are those are that was some classic genre that, that yeah. you know the Tarantino did a wonderful job of stealing from it and recreating it and Jackie Brown and some Jackie of the Brown, other things. Yeah, I mean, yeah, recreated yeah. Rosie Career's career really put her back on the map just like he did John Travolta. Oh, but Black Dynamite is the movie I was thinking of. Yes, yes, yes. That, <laughs> that is Dynamite. what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's several of those that are good. I think my old client Snipes was in one of the was in uh one was in a version of that. I'm sure uh, it was. Yeah, yeah. The I forget which one it was, but he was good. But the, but yeah, well, what you, you see is that uh, they know that they're, uh, the question is how, how are they ready to, for retirement now? Because if they keep pushing this or if they push a Democratic, like Texas, in Texas, the Texas Republicans uh, run the House, but not really. They're elected by the Democrat and a small mm -hmm. number of Republicans who, and that's how you get an attorney general, a popular populist attorney general impeached by a so-called Republican Texas House. They've been doing that for over a decade there. So in Washington, they're thinking we can just do the same thing. These 20 corrupt Republicans. I don't think they can and get away with it because there's more attention now than there ever has been before. The means of organizing opposition is better than ever. Uh, so I think that ultimately within a couple of weeks, once they get their money for Ukraine through by hook or by crook, yeah, Jordan is probably made speaker. 
but uh, but I you know it's it just shows how the the rot it runs deep and wide in Washington. A couple of um, viewer comments. Um, uh, Cam asks, "What's the constitutionality of a person being elected president under house arrest or in prison?" There's there's no limitation. Uh, to, I mean, that for example, had Eugene V. Debs won, uh, and he was on the ballot. He was in prison when he was on the ballot, and had he won, he would have been president. And and we've never <laughs> faced that. So I know we've, we've never yeah. faced these conundrum. That's where I'm still betting that the Supreme Court, not because I think the Supreme Court, some noble court of pure curate, they're going to pull uh, stuff courage. up. Yeah, uh, exactly. I just think that the Supreme Court has enough common sense and self-preservation to realize we really can't go down this path of trying to destroy the credibility. Well, I'm sorry. I I was saying like, isn't it funny how like one of the biggest things like, you know, Trump ran on was locking Hillary up and that never even was a a part of, I mean, you just knew that wasn't going to happen. Now with Trump, I'm like, maybe, maybe, but then like, ultimately I think, yeah, the Supreme court's probably not, you know, going to allow this to go on. Um, you know, some people say, keep up the good work. Um, Dino Day says that. Um, someone said, um, did you hear about the journal? They got arrested in Massachusetts for exposing a corrupt town police. I have um, the Turtle Boy thing. I don't know if you've been following that. He's oh, kind of a local legend. Headlines. Yeah, it's something I need to look more into. Um, you know, someone wrote also... Um, Oh, a coffee brand could go with your coffee brand coffee. Get fresh cream from Amos Miller Organic Farms. 100%. Yeah, exactly. it's a great approved. combination. Coffee brand coffee combined with Amos Miller, uh, organicfarm.com, fresh milk. There you go. Organicfarm.com. I'm supposed to ask about a pumpkin pie fundraiser. Oh, uh, yeah. The, yeah so it, I think there's only a few left. Uh, oh, so okay. the, uh, uh, there's a few. But what is this? Uh, Free America Law Center does all this financial freedom, political freedom, medical freedom, food freedom. Uh, and it helps out. It, it basically helps support and subsidize a lot of cases where effectively either taking very cheap or taking pro bono. And where it defrays, yeah, defray some of the cost. But so Amos helps fundraise for it because we help defend Amos Miller. Uh, our Free America Law Center helps subsidize the cost with that. And uh, so he his his kids are making it. So this is an Amish farmer. I don't know if you ever had food from my Amish. Food of Amish. Great. Yeah, oh, super good. Man. Yeah. They best sell Amish not. candy on all the gas stations here, and it's, it's oh. stupid good. Oh, it's yeah. the best. I mean, it's amazing. So well, he and his kids are making these uh, pumpkin pies as a special fundraiser for Free America Law Center that you, that you can find at amosmillerorganicfarm.com. I, I think there are only a few pumpkin pies left. Go the, get them. Uh, I'm going to buy yeah, one. Yeah. I'm going to write. I'm, is it Amos Miller? Or, what is, is it Amos Miller Organic Farm? Yeah, amosmillerorganicfarm.com. All right. The, uh, Go get your pie. Oh, there it is. Yeah, look at that. Get some pies. Um, also, check oh, yeah, out all the this stuff is delish, man. It, it is it is top notch. I'll check them out because they have. Uh, I'm looking for the pumpkin pie thing. It may be kind of hard to find because it's. I'm looking around. Um, oh yeah, it's right there. Fundraiser pie. There yep. it is. I'm I'm in. I'm gonna buy one. Um, Sweet. Yeah, and I'll serve it at Thanksgiving. It'll, oh, I mean, exactly, it's perfect timing for it. Yeah, the um, Jack Decker asked, "Can we just do without the Justice Department and the FBI? Yes, Is there anything states can do?" Well, I mean, I mean, we, how many? We didn't have much of a Justice Department or FBI at the beginning of the country. I mean, FBI didn't exist until J. Edgar Hoover created it in 1918, right. using the Palmer raids to, as a justification. And didn't they say they were? And they were supposed to. It was supposed to go away. 
wasn't it? Like uh, yeah. at some point, there's supposed to be a limited Bureau of Investigation. <laughs> Hoover yeah. was just like, hey, let's just help with the Palmer raids and make it an independent agency under the Justice Department. Everything's going to be just fine. And by the way, magically, they managed to never find those so-called anarchists. That what a justified. what a weird thing. Yeah, yeah what a weird it thing. is. It, it's, They're still it's looking like though. The, it's like the person who supposedly left the bomb at the January sixth. Never whatever never happened to that? that just kind of yeah. disappeared, vanished. Yeah, they um they uh. That Ma Mayo says, uh, but meaning to ask you, Robert, but could a person sue that judge for pricing Mar-a-Lago at 18 million if their prices are then negatively affected by that assessment? Uh, thanks to judicial immunity, it's almost always impossible to sue a judge. I've actually uh -huh. sued a few and, and found a way to get there, but it's they make it so hard. That's why judges are so used to abusing their power. That's what you see when you see a New York judge saying, How dare you criticize my clerk? I might put you I'm in a jail. God. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly. These people are like the Gould from uh, Stargate SG-1. You know, they're, they're yeah. fake deities. Un yeah, unquestionable uh, leader uh, leadership. Um, yeah, oh, Nick says, time for you to admit you publicly were your relationship with Black Rifle Coffee. What? I don't have a relationship with them. I'm a competitor to Black Rifle Coffee. Although I will yeah. admit, I will say this. Hey, coffee brand coffee is a lot better than Black Rifle Coffee that I, I hear sometimes causes people to get sick. I, there's a rumor. I don't know if it's true or not. But yeah, just remember, people are saying it. <laughs> yeah, they betrayed. They ratted out. They went behind. They went against Kyle Rittenhouse. They Anybody sure that goes against Kyle Rittenhouse is not a real Second Amendment organization. And I get, you know, certain people are still aligned with Black Rifle Coffee, but I'll have a... Uh, I remember Alex Jones went on a rant and called them a certain P word. And then he was like, Oh, I like that P word. They're not that. They're worse than. Da, 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 you know, <laughs> yeah, the um, that was an interesting thing. That's what inspired me to start Coffee Rank Coffee. Actually, I was like, uh, "Wow, really? is it really that difficult to not?" And that's why I called it literally Coffee Brand Coffee because it's like, you know, it's like I'm not going to call it. There were a lot of coffee brands that spun up like Coffee Coffee and Liberal Tier. I didn't even want to do that, even though it would have been easier to appeal to that because it's way easier to do that. I admit it. Buy this coffee to stick it to the libs. People are more enticed to do that. But I was like, no, I don't want to do that um, because I want people maybe one day to buy this coffee on the on the store shelves or you know somewhere and not feel like they have to take a, a side politically. Sure, there are people that know. Oh, that's a Corrin's coffee. He has whatever political opinions. Blah 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 blah. Um, you know this and that. Uh, oh, Nick said, is that true? Why are you getting text messages from the CEO of Black Rifle Coffee? That's what I was going to say. Um, they have actually, you know, to be fair, outside of their written out stuff, their CEO has been open to, you know, helping me out as a, another coffee company. He's asked, he's answered questions. He's helped with buying. Um, I had some questions about buying my own K cup machines and like he answered it. He wasn't weird about it. So I'll I'll give Evan, uh, you know, uh, credit for that hundred percent. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, um, I'm sure they're not worried about me. They're like a billion dollar company, you know. They're not worried about some guy uh selling coffee. The um some, you know, little guy. I wanted to ask you, you know, one of the biggest concerns I have, especially as we're looking at you know, the fog of war right now and news in general, I want to talk about the legality around AI because usually the judicial system is a, a little behind technology. Um AI, I mean, I feel like legally we're completely on equipped to deal with it and its creation, its dissemination, especially when it is, for example, propaganda, or you talk about like deep fake pornography, where they're using people's likenesses, generating money. 
what do you what do you see i mean this stuff is already exploding i i look at sometimes videos of like there was like a video of um the newest um gen 5 of the unreal engine that showed like a bombed out building and stuff it looked exactly like if somebody had said well this is in gaza strip i'd be like oh what do you think uh is there any movement in the lawyer circles or lawyer communities to um you know kind of move against this or i don't know i mean i'm i'm very worried about uh you know companies being able to protect themselves for example me being able to protect my brand all this stuff what's the ai like in the legal community are they is it on their radar oh definitely and it's already part of multiple suits so like ai oh, okay. is being sued for stealing other people's copyrights on the grounds that much of what the content that went into AI was actually scraping a bunch of copyrighted. Oh materials. yeah, there is that. Yeah, I remember that. I saw that lawsuit. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, lawyers got burned early because AI. There was a heavy pitch by the Chat GPT people to lawyers. I'm still getting the advertisements. Hey, you know, you can shorten your research, save a lot of money, save a lot of time. We can do your research. We can write your briefs for you. Problem wow. is, a couple of lawyers did that. And it turned out ChatGPT or whatever one they were using has a tendency to just make up cases. It's like they worked at CNN or something. Ah, make it yeah. up if you don't have the sourcing, right? And uh, the old Stephen Glass, the old journalist who did that back in the day, is like, oh, everybody says as long as there's notes, then that means my reporting is valid. So I'll just make up my notes. You know yeah, I mean? right. Yeah, yeah. Why it was not? a fast I mean, it was, it was, a, but so that, that, of course, what happened is they made up cases, submitted to the court. The court went ballistic and said, these aren't real cases. They all got sanctioned. Now lawyers are terrified of using AI. Then yeah. you've got the, right now there's another lawsuit because it turns out AI was helping do medical advice. They were giving huh, awesome. wrong medical advice. Oh my God. It's going to be a disaster. I, I think that this upcoming election is going to be, there's going to be a hotbed of, AI generated videos of Biden and Trump that right now, you know, are already, I've been fooled already when I see stuff and it's going to get to a level where when this stuff hits the mainstream and goes viral, the damage is done. Like it, if it gets debunked or community noted 12 hours later, after 6 million people saw it, 7 million people, you know, told people about it, the damage is done. And there's gonna be a huge incentive. I mean, look at the backlash that the DeSantis campaign had when they they did just a little bit of it, people found out. I think there's going to be an explosion of it um, from uh, you know Russian bots, um, you know disseminating anti Biden stuff and anti Trump stuff. Yeah, it's going to make new meaning to that rap song. You know the song that uh, it wasn't me. You know, yeah, you oh, yeah. me, but it wasn't me. It, yeah. It's going to be it's, it's all AI. Yeah, you know that mm -hmm. looks like me with three chicks. Not nah, wasn't me. The, no, uh, that was me. But the yeah. one with, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the old Edwin Edwards statement the only way they're yeah. going to get me is if they catch me in bed with a dead, uh, a live yeah, okay. boy or a dead girl. Yeah, the, right. uh, yeah. Know, the, well, they once accused Edwin Edwards, they said, you know, the you know, report informants come out and said, you slept with six women in the same night. And he goes, that guy's a dad gum liar. Uh, yeah. he left when the seventh one came in. Yeah, so the, uh, <laughs> yeah right. Uh, yeah. Edwin Edwards, the but yes, all that stuff with the. The AI just makes cre I mean, we already have cratering credibility in institutions. What is happens when you add AI to that equation to where you can no longer even trust your own senses? That's how I feel, Robert. I, yeah. I, I have started spending less time on Twitter because I genuinely am getting gaslit. Like, I don't know what to believe anymore. 
And uh, the next step with AI, by the way, is going to be great. Have you the the um, what AI is going to do to the uh, um, what AI is going to do to the OnlyFans community? You want You thought that the computer, the the personal computer, changed the game. Wait till AI is is uh, making pornography. You're going to have. This is the world that I predict will happen. All these OnlyFans girls are going to be put out of work. You're going to have these AI girls who can scrape your Twitter, all the pictures you've liked, your Facebook in an instant, generate, have some generative AI that the girl looks like the type of girl you like. That girl's going to be in your DMs and people aren't going to know. Or they will know and they'll pay them money because they won't care because it's so close. There's already lots of studies around AI's companionship and how the ben, um, beneficial mental, uh, it, it can be beneficial for people who are lonely and living alone. It's the thing they do in Japan and other, you know. So like, there's a very real application of AI that's going to happen in that industry. That That's, an, a, you know, another, a lot of times people forget, like, uh, I like to remind people, the porn industry is so vast and gigantic that it's the sole reason, you know, Betamax lost to VHS. Uh, you know, that the reason, you know, Betamax was a superior format, but all the porn was on VHS. So nobody was buying Betamax uh, players. And so the format died. Similar with DVDs, you know, once porn moves to a format, that's what the format is. So when you have AI now, it's going to be wild to see what it does to that industry. I mean, basically, we're getting closer and closer to a world that looks like the Matrix, yeah. um, that we are just treated as cattle, that we're fed into a constant, continuous, simulated universe where our only purpose is our uh, energy and consumption, and that, uh, and, that, and that control will become a particular obsession what's in that the, environment. What's the movie where people are like willingly in those pods? I think it was a Bruce Willis movie where like people are willingly in these pods living in a VR world. And then, like, I think they use avatars or something like that. I'm, I'm not kidding. Or, like, the film Her, which is another mm -hmm. example. Like, people thought that that was crazy. Oh, Surrogates was the name of that movie. Yeah. People thought that stuff was crazy. But I'm, like, maybe not in our lifetime, but pretty soon after, this stuff is real. Like, the, because people just go to circle back to our conversation about men. men there are all these men self-selecting out they won't care that it's AI because it'll have a warm, wet hole and it'll interact with them as much as they want or as little well, as they want. It'll be designed for them. I mean, right. it'll be designed to trigger all their algorithms. All the algorithms will be designed to trigger their various dopamine and, and, and neurochemical responses just in the structure uh, of a relationship in a story. I remember it was like the, uh, my son, you know, I was talking about ready player one and that kind of yeah. world. And he, and he was like, oh, that would be a perfect world where it was like, and I was like, that's that generation. They yeah. would, you know, that to them is, is more ideal than the harsh realities of the real world. And, was oh, like, and yeah. yeah, what shocked me the most is not that we have the technology now, but the fact that so many people seem very willing. I bet you there'd be a non insignificant percentage of people that would willingly live that life, like plug into a machine you know, and live their life out almost entirely virtually. Oh, absolutely. You see that even with little, uh, but things like central bank digital currencies. People yeah. are like, oh, I'll never join that. But then they see the bank saying, hey, if you join up for this, then you will have more convenience and you'll get your money quicker and you can transfer money quicker. And I'm like, oh, okay. And you get a free <laughs> thermos. 
Yeah. Yeah. For I mean, free. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. gave away donuts for people to change their bodies with vaccines. Right. right? Yeah. Like they donuts. used to give away hamburgers and French fries in New York, and people did it. Yes. I was like, oh my God. And then there was a new uh, announcement from Pfizer today where they finally admitted uh, some inf- some interesting they're information. Yeah, that they're killing people. Um, but well, I, I represent Jackson in that case. So we're going after Pfizer, the, the biggest fraud in the history of the United States. I would I'd, say, like, you think drug, you know, Mexican drug cartels? look like corner level street dealers compared to big pharma Pfizer and Moderna and the number of people they harmed deliberately knowingly while lining their pockets with billions of dollars. Our, yeah. It wasn't that great. Our tax dollars, by the way, our, yes. our money, the, 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 and then we paid them again when we got the shots. But the, the funny thing was, I don't know if this number is true, but I saw it floating around. So, you know, I, you know, full disclosure, you may know, but I'll say so, I saw a report that something like only two percent of people have gotten the new jab. Two percent, ninety-eight percent of people. Yeah, like. yeah. Well, and that—that's what's. I mean, that's the part. You know, done a lot of work with Bobby Kennedy's Children's Health Defense. Done a lot of work with Brooke Jackson, and I said all the way through those cases, like if we do our job, the the American people will wake up. So even if we, you know, the courts are slow to wake up and the politicians are slow to wake up and the DOJ is in on it nine times out of 10, uh, that if we can get Americans to wake up, we're going to save a lot of lives in the end. And well, you know, clearly the, they have, right? I mean, 2%, oh, yes. 2% like it, it is, we ruined people's lot, not we, but the society, the, the, those in power ruin people's lives over this jab, working class people felt bullied into it because they had to choose between putting food on their t- I take a lot of flack for being too uh, much of a wimp on this, but I always had sympathy for, you know, because I remember there was this like debate on Timcast one night where one guy was like, well, my kid's begging to play baseball, but he needs to get the jab. And it was like, well, just don't get it. Tough, tough shit, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I know that's easy to say. Same thing with jobs. Like people's jobs are forcing them to get it. And a lot of people who didn't have to do that were saying, well, we'll just quit. Well, the fact of the matter was millions, tens of millions of Americans below the poverty line or at it or just struggling in middle class, they didn't have a choice. They went and got that because it was between that and keeping a roof over their family's heads. That's what is so diabolical about the mandates and what I hope, you know, potentially yours and others, many lawsuits bankrupt these companies because people really went in and got it. And then to deny that there weren't risks and all these, you know, people who are passing away suddenly um, is absurd. And uh, so I, I just, I, I, I'm glad that people are waking up to that because that, when I saw that number, I about fell over in my chair. I was like, two, two percent. Yeah, it's all kinds of people whose lives have been saved due to the courageous work of those who stood up like Brooke Jackson, Bobby Kennedy and others. You know, thank yeah. God that those people stood up and did what they did. I mean, I represent a lot of people who are victimized by the mandate. So I'm suing Tyson Foods everywhere I can. You know, I have a personal Tennessee level blood oath against them because of how they behave. I mean, they took people that worked there 20 years, 23 years. Oh, yeah. The scabs, too, right? They, they... Oh, lifetime of loyalty. And they yeah. just said, nope, uh, you're, you're, you're gone if you don't take this drug. Even yeah. if they had religious objections, medical objections, natural immunity, didn't matter. They just discarded them and threw them to the waste. And then they've behaved in the litigation like your typical bad faith corrupt corporation would. 
Um, and so it, uh, you know, credit to the people who had the means and, and the courage to stand up. But what happened in that? Uh, va- There's still consequences that need to be had. There should be for like those push- trials for the Absolutely. for the stuff. Yeah, I, I I know that's like heavy language, but I, I and it sounds like you definitely you probably you're on the same page about like, yeah, it's easy for me. I I mean I tried to. There were a lot of pundits who are, you know, saying various stuff like just don't get it just i'm like yeah that's really easy when you're an internet personality and you don't have to leave your house that was really easy for you know my dad who um you know recently passed away when when he he had upper respiratory stuff his doctor was like bro you have to get this like i never judged people for getting it i tried to focus more on like oh the people that then forced it you know my dad passed away recently uh he was he was sick but we, he had just gotten tests. He had just whatever. He, 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 he didn't die from what he was sick from. And, you know, of course I'd be lying if I wasn't like, well, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like, um, no, I'm not, I don't have any evidence of that, but I'm just saying that's where my mind went. I was like, oh, okay, great. And, um, these, these government officials that lock cities down and, and, and bullied people into getting this, this shot in their arm are criminals of, of the worst kind, in my opinion. Absolutely. I mean, I hold responsible the people who lied and the people about it and the people who mandated it though, yeah. and coerced others to take it. And, I mean, to some degree, I think some of the, uh, you know, your, your, your various late-night people that were promoting the heck out of it. Happy to promote it. Yeah. Yes. Even Col- some of them or, uh, at Colbert. some point deserve. Yeah. If, if Alex Jones can be sued into oblivion, because yeah. he second guessed what happened in a, in a shooting event, then why in the world can all these big late night comedy hosts and big celebrities who promoted and propagandized often for money, a product that was dangerous to the rest of us, tried to guilt shame us into taking it? Why can't they be responsible for the mass death they actually were complicit in? Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. And I think they should be held accountable. I think that late night show hosts, and especially, Jimmy Kimmel and Stephen Colbert were the worst, most egregious, literally doing skits and dances, telling their people to get get the poke. Even mainstream news outlets, you know, even Precious Fox News was taking a lot of money from Pfizer uh, during that era. And um, again, like it sounds like we're on the same page. Like I don't judge anyone who got it. I judge the people who forced it or who knowingly lied or really the people then that, uh, you know, tried to ruin your life. Uh, I was easy for me to not get it because I work from home, but I understood that for tens of millions of Americans, it wasn't so easy. Um, look what it did to nurses, um, uh, the nursing industry, the police force industry, you know, forcing this stuff on people. And it's like, they just, they just fired them all. You know, these people that put their lives on their line, like their lives on the line, they got rid of them because, you know, mayor Beetlejuice wanted to, you know, keep Chicago safe. They're more worried about that than, 45 people per weekend getting shot there, which is not an exaggeration. Oh, not at all. I mean, it, it's just extraordinary what we went through. We've gone, I mean, between the lockdowns, the pandemic politics, the economics, let's artificially inflate demand and artificially suppress supply at the same time. Yeah. Nothing bad could happen from that, of what course. What happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, you know what's wild to me? This is, um, you know, we're about, we're about the same age. And I know time changes and I don't want to be like, I remember my dad, you supposed to be like, I remember when gasoline was 25 cents. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever, old guy. But like, 
I remember when groceries were like $200 a year ago or two years ago. I'm not talking about when I was a young whippersnapper walking uphill both ways to school. I'm talking about the year 2000 or not. Well, maybe 2018, 2019 groceries two. We only go like once a month. So it'd be like two, 300. Now it's five, 600. No, quite like, it's not even just a little more. And then you go down the rabbit hole of shrinkflation where the same stuff you were buying is not only more expensive, or maybe it's the same price, but you're getting less of it. It's going, it's like, it's, it's inflation and the cost of groceries is, is insane to me. We're, we're experiencing in lifetime, uh, Michael Douglas from falling down. You know, he's looking at that <laughs> yeah. burger and he's like, well, why does this look like that? This. Yeah. Or when he's at the, uh, uh, Korean grocery store, You're like if 50, 50 cents, it'd be 25 cents. How did it become 50 cents? Yeah. Course, now that's <laughs> yeah. like $4 and 50, whatever it is. Yeah. So the, uh, yeah, it, it's amazing. All these sort of cinematic dystopian concerns over the last two decades, we've like lived it all in the last three years. And the only question is, do we get to live the zombie apocalypse next? Yeah. Somebody in chat wrote, I've become a lot stronger in the last years before I couldn't lift $200 in food. Now I can lift it with one hand. I mean, that's, you know, that's, the stuff like the chicken, orange juice right now, just like if you don't want eggs are still insanely expensive, but gold, like the the egg stuff. I mean, I, I just like, you know, to 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 bring it all home, it's like I look that's why I'm like becoming more black pilled and I'm becoming more open or more um uh apt to start calling out the uniparty and start talking about, hey man, these guys aren't your friends either. They, they, they're all on the take, uh, before, during and after when they're in office for the most part. And I look at, I mean, I'm fortunate. I'm lucky. You probably are doing just fine too, but it doesn't make us unaware. That's why I bowl in a bowling league. I tell people this all the time and I'll tell people again, join a bowling league, a darts league, a, a, a bags league or cornhole league. So you don't lose touch with regular people out there. Um, and, and you'll see pretty quickly that it's it's hard out there for even people who are making 25 bucks an hour are having a hard time. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's where the Biden administration is so disconnected that they don't understand. Like the reason why Trump is surging is simple. When Trump, they had Pete, we had peace abroad, prosperity at home. Biden, we got war abroad and poverty at home. He's going to kill keep... him on that. All he has to do is run on that. Say, Completely. oh, yeah. Remember when I had zero wars? Um, yeah. Now we have two. And, uh, and remember when you could buy groceries for $78 a week, now they're 200. Here's your ballot, sir. You know, and please, please don't tell people to not vote from home this time though. Just tell people to vote, say, I don't care how you vote. Just vote. Here's your ballot. He, that's all he has to run on. That's it. Completely. You say I, I'm Donald Trump. I'm here to help your family. He's Joe Biden. He's there to help his family. And yeah. that's the difference between the two of us. And the and that's why he keep like it's amongst millennial work and Gen Z working class voters that there's been massive democratic erosion, and it's because they're getting hammered economically along with all these cultural and geopolitical problems they're they're either experiencing or witnessing in lifetime, and that's where Trump's in such an excellent position, and that's what makes it so dangerous. How nuts does the system get? What does they do next? I mean, four different indictments. I didn't even think that was possible. They try to imprison. Well, they'll, they'll all still be going on during the election too, right? And well, one of them, their their obsession is their thought process is if we can get one conviction before the election, that will convince enough voters not to vote for them. That's what yeah. they think. 
They're so wrong. in DC, yeah. they're, they, they are wrong. But yeah. in DC, they're trying to rush that case because they got the craziest judge, the craziest jury, the craziest yeah. court of appeals. So they're hoping, and then they're they're clearly going nuts over Trump being effective against them in the court of public opinion. That's why you're starting to see the gag orders escalate and the threats on the gag orders escalate yeah. because it's not working. The American people see through the insanity of this. Uh, he should but, be able to. He should be able to talk about this stuff too. I can't believe these gag orders are constitutional. Like it's, he should be. Now I get it. He shouldn't be threatening judges, um, but he should be able to talk about it. He should be able to talk about the details of the case because it shows how insane they are. That's why they want to gag him because he tells a regular American that they're worried about how much I valued this home and they're worried about re nobody's going to give a shit about that. They're like, bro, I can't eat. Like, I don't care. I, nobody gets just a whole grab him by the pussy thing. They thought they had him. Nobody cared. Well, it was already baked into the cake about Trump. Right. Like, we knew. Know, like, <laughs> completely. So the, uh, well, I mean, I remember there was a judge in Milwaukee. I was involved, was involved in, I have a lot of political cases. And he was trying to hold my client in contempt. And he was threatening me with contempt. He made me take the stand. He was like, well, you agree, Mr. Barnes, if your client took that court order and just shredded it, that that is contemptuous. And I said, that's probably First Amendment protected, Your Honor. He was yeah. like, well, he just kept got more and more enraged. But the uh, the First Amendment protects all this. You have a right to criticize judges, a right to criticize their staff, a right to criticize the clerks, or the people that are, those are paid for by us. The American right, they work people. for us. Exactly. Yeah. And that's if you take that job, you're fair game for public criticism. It may not be nice. It may not be kind, but that's part of what the First Amendment protects. That's the job. Yeah, that I, I want to remind people too, Robert, this conversation has been absolutely awesome. And uh, I really appreciate you taking time on a Friday. All of his links are in the description. If you're not following him on Twitter, go do that now. If you're not um, joined up to his vivabarnslaw.locals.com, which is also, I linked the one that has your welcome video on it in the description. Perfect. Um, you know, Robert, you know, this conversation, we've never, we've talked like tangentially on like um, when the Rittenhouse trial is going on, all that kind of stuff. But uh, this conversation has been really educational for me um, too. So uh, as one final question, um, how nuts do you think it will be if they live stream one of these trials? I mean, well, it the, looks like the, the like Georgia one, right? Yeah, well, the the Georgia one, they're they're one of Sidney Powell pled uh, did a good did a plea deal, but the other one's going to trial, so they're starting jury selection in that Georgia election case, and that's supposed to go four months. Now that won't Trump will be part of it, but other co defendants will, and that's going to be live streamed. So yeah. the, the the federal cases they prohibit video cameras from being inside. But the uh, the New York case could have been live streamed to a degree more so than it has been. But the criminal case could also be live streamed. So it, it's going to get crazy. Because remember how I, big the Rittenhouse case was. That's what I'm imagine. saying. Like, in my mind, I was like, oh, my God. Think about if Trump was, if they were live streaming Trump, it would be the number one thing most watched live stream in history. And by orders of magnitude, there were times when, you know, uh, the Rittenhouse streams were getting 100 plus thousand people this would be in the millions and it would be like just think of pe people because then by the way the gag order kind of goes out the window because it's right on the trial he's allowed to defend himself in court he's allowed to have a couple of outbursts he's allowed to have i mean he's allowed to basically show everyone that how how absurd it is what do you think about i i i was initially nervous about 
him just taking the sideline on the debates because in my opinion in 2016 that's what won him the election is because he was just so he was so surgical and so awesome at, in the debates now after two have passed and i've attended one i get it like all it would have been is all these no chancers dragging him down he had nothing to gain by participating in those debates what do you think about you know, do you think i mean he would be potentially there would be presidential debates he would i most assuredly do those right like i guess oh yeah i mean well, biden won't do one right yeah, that's the open question. And do they invite Bobby Kennedy to them? You know, the the yeah, the, they, they always should, try right? to Yeah, they should, but they always try to exclude those independent candidates. Ever since Ross Perot was successful in 92, they decided we're never going to let independent he candidates got like in the debate. 8 or 9%, right? Or something. He got Yeah, he yeah, got 19% nice in 92. Yeah. And at one point was leading before he dropped out in in the summer. Uh yeah. he was up at 35, 36, 37%. And so the uh, ever since then, they decided that League of Women Voters can't control debates anymore. We have to have a commission of mm -hmm. Washington insiders decide what's appropriate, what's not. And I'm since shocked. it's been, yeah. yeah, it's been kind of a crock. But I agree. I mean, like I was at the debate out in, in uh, California. It was around some cool people that were part of the Rumble crew. But the rest of the crowd, I mean, those were, it was like schmuck, 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 schmuck. What were schmuck. they even there for? Like to oh, hear Nick, Nikki Haley beat the war drum? It, they were just here to self-promote. You, you, do you have me a job? Can you give me a job? Can you give me a little donor cash? Can you give Lisburn a little donor cash? Can you help this little corporation? Can you help? Uh, can we car, have a little war over here? We got a little side action on this. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of little mini wannabe Joe Bidens, if you will. It was uh, really weird. I, I was like, who are all these people? And I don't know if this was like, if you notice this, but in the Milwaukee debate, I, I suspect Fox muted the booze. Because anytime any candidate had like a TDS moment, they were getting booed into oblivion, which told me that the people that were there didn't even give a crap about the candidates that were on the stage. Every time Chris Christie had his like, hey, for Trump, it was like, I was sitting next to Luke Rodkowski. We were in the eighth row. We were very close. It was a thunderous boo. And I went back to listen on the, on the audio and you could hear it, but it was nowhere near as loud. And I think RNC is shrinking the crowds. So it's just the lobbyists now that are in there. Uh, I buy and that. Yeah. So you combine that, you know, that it's Fox, you combine that the way they're manipulating the crowds, you combine that the losers, all these candidates are, you know, Vivek's the only guy talking about new ideas up on that stage. I mean, DeSantis is, I think he could be an okay pick for VP for Trump. Oh, and um, I, and I, and definitely this is a guy that went from pretty much publicly nowhere to a yeah. serious, uh, you know, either for cabinet or something else. He'll I mean, get that's, something. Yeah, that's how you run a good campaign. Whereas mm -hmm. DeSantis went from future president to has been. I mean, <sighs> that's how you run a bad campaign. There'll be books written about that. He oh, never yeah. should have went up against Trump. He no. should. He would have. I think he would have done well. Actually, now that I've seen him perform, I'm not sure he would have done better. But if he would have waited till 2028, which would have been totally fine, um, he would have had a much better chance. But like he's he's worse than Trump in every conceivable way. So how is he ever going to get Trump voters? He just never, he, I mean, whoever told him it was a good idea was not, did not have his best interest. Now, granted, they've been fired, I think two or three times now, but this is, I mean, and then watching him on the debate stage, I'm like, whoa, this guy's totally not ready for it. Like, um, he seems so good. He seems so good when he talks about CRT and protecting kids, put him up on the debate stage and like Vivek, destroyed him 
And like, it was, I felt, I had secondhand embarrassment because I don't really hate, uh, I'm not like, it's not like Mike Pence, who I, I really despise. I kind of nothing um, uh, him, but it was, uh, I felt bad for him in those debates. It was big yikes. Well, I mean, I mean, it was a reminder of what Bushite Republican Party looked like that those debates. Yeah. Meaning, I can wage war. I can whore for war more. No, I can whore for war more. No, I can. It's like, oh, oh God. Man. Nikki Haley. She had Me. fans in Milwaukee. They were cheering for her. And like, I'm just like, oh, cool. Um, talking more about war, huh? And then she came out with the like, a war in Israel is a war in America or some some insane like quote. I was like, I'm getting flashbacks to the 90s, like in the 80s when I hated oh. what I never would have voted for a Republican. Because back then I was a liberal being anti-war and anti-censorship like most 18-year-olds. Now yeah. that made me a Trump guy, <laughs> you know. I mean, your your neocon Nikki fans are basically, you know, the queen of the war whores, uh, is basically your white folks bay, you know, National Review subscriber, you uh -huh. know, white uh, you folks know. bay, nice local reference. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, yeah. but they and they, you can envision them, right? You know the yeah. uh, uh, and and that's and you know that's 10 15 of the republican party base and she might end up finishing second but what she knows is she could get totally crushed the defense industry will put her on the boards the media mm. people will give her consulting gigs the yeah. book publishers will give her uh, lucrative deals that make no sense cuz nobody's going to buy the books that they're paying out as if <laughs> look at all these people like the obama got a podcast deal on spotify and no one listens to it yeah it's so funny that you once you met like once you start seeing that stuff it's like why do you have a podcast deal? Nobody gives a crap. You're not president anymore. Like nobody cares. Money laundering and bribery. Right, right. That's all part of the, you know, that's all part of the package that you get if you toe the line while you're in office. Exactly. That that's how the donor class keeps control such that our so-called representatives. It's really congressmen from Raytheon, Congress from, from Lockheed Martin, yeah. Congress, you know, that's what they're really competing over. Who gets the contracts? Who gets the grift? Yeah. And speaking of, by the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you off here. I already took I said I'd get you out of here an hour. I kept you almost double. Robert uh Robert Barnes, constitutional lawyer, uh very, very, very uh interesting mind and uh high quality content. Um and um I think uh, I'm just really glad that you joined me today. I learned a lot. I know that my viewers probably did too. So if you enjoy his mind and his words, make sure you go follow him on, on Twitter and then you check out vivabarneslaw.locals.com, which is linked below to get more content because you put out a lot of members content, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do, uh, you know, bourbons, book clubs, uh, you know, movie nights. Uh, uh, hush hushes, which is uh, the alternative. It's uh, from James Elroy, you know. The, yeah, uh, yeah, I like uh, it. Yeah. On the QT, off the record, always hush hush. You know, the alternative narratives about assassinations, world events. We did one on January 6th, right after January 6th, that ended up having a lot of fruition. Yeah, so all kinds of content at vivabarneslaw.locals.com. And now I'll probably go grab a little coffee and wake up from coffee brand coffee. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, promo code Fall Coco, save 10%. Thanks so much. Uh, I really, really appreciate you giving me the time on this Friday. Um, if you ever need anything, obviously, you just let me know, man. Absolutely. Glad to be here. All right. We'll see you. All right. What a show. All-time record. If you enjoyed uh, my show and you're new here today, and I know there's a couple thousand new people here, 
I'm live every day from noon to two. If you haven't yet, um, please do click this follow button down below the video. Um, or if you're on YouTube, obviously, please do subscribe. Um, I'm gonna read these um, super chats too. Shadow Benson, so I saw your video saying you lost 70 million impressions this year. If independent media is to survive, people need to donate. Wow, thank you. Yeah, I know, it's nuts. Um, Pac-Man 44, House Republicans just held a secret ballot and they removed Jim Jordan as their candidate for speaker. The nomination process begins again on Monday. Good. Yeah, uh, thank you for linking vivabarnslaw.locals.com um, in chat. Um, thank you, Sky Nebula, for that. Um, and uh, yeah, if you're wherever you're watching, please do follow. If you want to join my locals, I mean, I think you should join Barnes's locals first, but uh, I would greatly appreciate it. There's a join button down here. I do uh, members-only content stuff there too, and uh, I, I appreciate that. So Monday, we'll be back at noon. Same bat time, same bat channel. I always have guests on Friday, and then I do daily news streams here on Rumble at noon every day. And I sincerely hope um, a lot of you will join me on Monday um, for uh, the news from the crazy weekend. And um, I just I couldn't be more happy to see all of you. And I really hope you have a safe, happy, healthy weekend. I am going to leave to go pick up or pick out my new puppy right now, an all black German Shepherd. Should be an interesting time. And uh, go check out Barnes. Join my locals. There's a join button down below, but you don't have to. I, I'm just so glad that you're all here today. I've got standalone videos coming right after this. So we'll see you Monday. Um.